Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast Extra with myself, Jess Persful, Tim Cameron Kitchen, and Dale Davies, who we have on today. Dale has been on the podcast a few times before, and they're there to, here today to talk about SEO, which is very, very fun indeed. Welcome to the podcast, both of you. I like how I welcome Tim, and he's here every week. <laughs> Just feels kind Can't of... Can't get rid of me. <laughs> I think... This is going to be quite a big one today because there's a lot happening in the SEO world. I think we're going to see a lot of changes. And really, what I want to start with talking to you both about today is where do you start with this? How, what, like, I would say the best thing to do is start by reviewing where you're at. That's something that you can control and something that you can maybe get some quick wins from and make some changes fairly quick. I would love to know your thoughts on this, starting with Tim, if that's okay. Yeah, totally. So if you're designing an SEO strategy or you're reviewing your SEO strategy, um, we've pretty stand, we we use a very standardized approach. So over the years, we've done lots of different SEO campaigns and we've found a, a, a sort of a sequential approach, which tends to work all the time. And um, exactly what you said, Jess, starting with where you're at is a pretty good place. If for no other reason, then you can't really start anywhere else. But firstly, th- there has to be some sort of audit process. There has to be some sort of review process where you identify strengths and weaknesses of your own SEO. Um, there has to be some competitive analysis piece where you're identifying what your competitors doing, what are the SERPs on Google showing, what are they rewarding. Um, and then as you go through all of this, you build a sort of prioritized list of things that you want to work on in your SEO campaign. And then you simply just knock them out as you have the time and as you have the resources. So I think broadly, that's that's where we tend to start uh, with building an SEO strategy. Is there anything that you'd add or tweak there, Dale? And not so much. The one thing that kind of comes to mind is that um, I have like a background in SEO. So and I tend to lean towards like the technical side. So often when I was making recommendations for SEO, I'd lean towards like, let's tackle our technical death and site architecture and stuff like that. But now I kind of take a more like holistic view of everything. You can gather all that stuff, do the SEO audit, you absolutely should. But you should also be looking at, okay, what does our space look like? How is it changing? And just gather all of that information and then start to figure out, okay, what's going to move the needle first and take the lowest amount of effort? Let's just tackle those kind of quick wins, low-hanging fruit, whatever you want to call them. Work through those kind of SEO priorities. And then you can move on to the, you know, figuring out how well your website's being scraped. If you've got too many pages, if they're orphaned, you've got too many redirects, all that kind of fun stuff. The technical geeks like uh, I, <laughs> like myself, like to kind of dive into. But you're better off focusing on what's going to either increase your rankings, not overnight, because that tends not to happen unless it's search generative experience, as we'll go on to later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, try, try to get the things that's going to kind of help you progress and hit your traffic goals of the quarter, ranking goals of the quarter, but importantly, conversions and then revenue goals of the quarter as well. So tackle those SEO wins first to bring in the money and the wins and the feel-good factor. Yeah, definitely. I think um, one thing that I feel like you both kind of alluded to but didn't totally touch on is that especially now, the things that worked for you before might not continue to work for you in 2024, especially when SG sort of starts to roll out. 
And I think one of the most important things you can do is type your keywords into search and see what's appearing if you've, especially if you've moved down the rankings, but even if you haven't, look at what the other top results are doing because I definitely know this isn't just an experience I've had, but I've been searching for stuff and finding that the top result is like the length of the featured snippet, maybe even shorter, you know, which is also something that we're seeing with the results that are being included in SGE, which is a search generative experience that Dale um, mentioned earlier. So I think that's, that's going to be a really important thing as well to check. Yeah, I think as over the last 10 years that we've sort of been doing SEO at EN, I feel like Google has got better at sort of taking some of the technical stuff, not out of the equation completely, but it's better at overcoming some of the technical deficiencies that sites often have. So whereas, you know, in the, in the olden days, um, SEO was all about, you know, very specific technical things, whether that's like adding schema or whatever. Yes, those things are still important, but most of the time now we're being a bit more um, sort of, like you said, Jess, looking at the SERPs, seeing what's ranking and sort of reverse engineering that specifically because Google can, you know, Google can read all websites now, right? In the olden days, you couldn't build sites in certain platforms. We used to say, don't use Wix because Google can't read your site. Well, you know, we no longer live in a world where millions of people are building websites that Google just can't read anymore. So I feel like the basics are covered. The sort of threshold for ranking on Google has increased as almost every website now has some form of SEO done to it, whether that's from the business owner or marketing manager who's quite keen on SEO or an external agency. And the stuff that you need to do to compete and really you know, even basic spaces now, local trades and that type of thing, you have to do a lot more than you used to have to do. You have to produce more content. You have to be better than you were. So I think, yeah, the bar is raised. Google's got better at sort of taking out some of the real basic entry level stuff. And if you want to rank, you have to be better than you were five years ago. There are kind of things that Google are looking for when it comes to content and the way the websites work. And they've, you know, for you know, the last like, 10-ish years I've been doing SEO. Oh my God. Um, they've been talking, you know, they tried to move us to focus on um, user experience and user interaction and respond, uh, responsive websites and mobile friendliness and all this kind of stuff. They've been gearing us towards one kind of central place and that is that your website must be as useful and as usable as possible. So whilst we can create, um, uh, do a site audit and find all these things that could be improved when it comes to redirects and, and responsiveness and all that kind of stuff. The end goal is to make sure that your website is usable and therefore Google is going to want to rank it. So whilst the search results are changing and what it takes to get into the top, uh, you know, top of that page, however that page looks now, because it's changing constantly, it all comes back to is the content good and can people get to it <laughs> without being bombarded with ads or it's just, you know, I, in fact, I actually saw um, somebody share on LinkedIn. I can't remember who just today talking about a recent Google patent for the search index and how all, search results, how it all works. And it comes back to how are people interacting with the page before they then bounce off and go somewhere else. So there are kind of core elements of SEO that will impact that, such as loading times and things like that. that I love the even fact that, that Loading times are a low hanging fruit, actually. But if they improve the usability of your content, whether that's service page or content page, wherever, 
it's going to impact your rankings and therefore impact how people find you, your brand, and then convert in the end. Definitely. Yeah. Before we kind of move on to talking about SGE, between the two of you, you can kind of answer, take it in turns or, or whatever you'd like to do. What would you say, somebody's listening to this or watching this right now and they're like, how do I even start by reviewing where I'm at with my SEO? What would be the steps that you would tell them to take other than requesting a free website and marketing review from explosioninja.com slash review? But if they did want to take some steps, what would you suggest? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I tend to kind of, again, come back to this holistic view of like, I want to look at everything. Um, it's kind of challenging. Like I think Jess said at the very beginning, you want to start off by looking at your keywords and then deciding, okay, which ones are going to the right page? Do I have the right pages for them? So there's search intent. So is somebody looking to just better understand how wills work? Uh, how do I get a will? Who's included? What should I do? And there's the other person's search intent, which is I know all that and I want to find somebody who will do it. So I'll search for uh, will, solicitor, Edinburgh or wherever else. So I think keyword research is actually probably one of the most important starting points because then you can factor out if you need all of the pages that you have or if you need to create more. And then you can kind of factor in the, the technical side of site auditing and fixing it up because you might not even need half of those pages or you need to create new ones. So you, there's no point auditing the website if, if you actually don't have the content that you need or you've got too much. So yeah, keyword research is a fantastic starting point. Yeah, I totally agree. I think we've got a video on keyword research and the process hasn't really changed that much over the last decade. It's still pretty much review Google Search Console, see what you're already ranking for, what you're already picking up traffic for, review whatever search tool you're using, SEMrush, SE ranking, any of these. Again, see what you're ranking for, see what you want to increase your ranking for, throw your competitors in, see what they're ranking for. Throughout all of this period, you're sort of building in a big, huge, uh, unprioritized list of keywords. You're then going to go to one of these search tools and fill in some data about these keywords. So search volume, how much commercial intent there is, where you're ranking currently. Then you're going to work out what your priority keywords are out of all of those based on the phrases that you really want to rank and that you know your, your customers use. Then you're going to map those to key pages and then you're going to go through and optimize each of those key pages to rank for those keywords. And that's still sort of the process, isn't it? I know that there's been all this talk over the years of Google moving away from keywords and search isn't just about keywords. Yeah, it's not just about keywords, of course, but understanding the phrases that your customers are searching for is always going to be important because we want to make sure we're talking the same language as people. And if we're going to rank in search, you know, if we want to rank for something that somebody's searching for, we sort of need to use that language. And I think we probably always will. So I agree, keyword research, great place to start. Yeah, one thing I would add on top of that as well, which I think Exposure Ninja's SEO team and content marketing team are specifically are very, very good at, is not only mapping this, the SEO keywords, all that kind of stuff to your website or our clients' websites, is direct, like figuring out where the keywords are that go to other websites as well. So that on offsite SEO of where, if people are this far into the funnel and they're searching for these phrases, our website is probably the least likely website to come up because it's like checking for referral, you know, checking for reviews and what are other people saying or Semrush versus Ahrefs, you know, comparing my my web my business against another. There's also the offsite phrases you need to be considering. Do you need content for? Are you appearing in the right places? Have you got the link in there? And you know, there's that additional side of it, not just keywords through the funnel that relate to your website, but to other people's websites too. 
Absolutely, yeah. There's a lot of different places we need to be looking. By the way, if you're watching live and you saw that I shared a link in the chat, for some reason, there's a P and an S and a, a semicolon at the start. So just select it without that bit and then put it into YouTube and you'll be able to find our video about um, keyword research, which is very, very exciting. So I think we should probably have a little discussion about SGE because I feel like we could talk about that all day. Yeah, Tim just got very, very excited. Um, yeah, he's a bit flustered. So I think that is going to be a massive part of SEO. And we've been doing a lot of research to find out what can sort of help you get that ranking. And Tim, I'd love to hear what you have to say on that from an SEO perspective, because we've heard a lot from you on the content side. But I'd love to hear a bit about your SEO perspective as well as from you, Dale. Yeah. Um... I mean, firstly on SGE, I, I don't think we're expecting that what we're looking at now is the end product. Um, so for those who don't know, SGE is Google's sort of AI <clears throat> search engine. So they're putting generative AI into the search results so that when you search for some questions, you get a generative AI answer. There are some websites linked in there, but this is quite a fundamental shift for Google where it's trying to sort of answer the question in the search page rather than necessarily just giving you a, li a list of websites. So this is going to be really important for SEOs. And of course, we need to make sure that, you know, typically there are three website links that are visible above the fold in an SGE answer. So of course, we need to make sure that we are one of those three. We've been doing lots of tests and figuring out I've been running some tests this morning, um, in fact, and, and yesterday, uh, figuring out what it takes to get ranking in those spaces um and it seems to be well sge is changing uh, uh, is, is the first thing to notice and actually sometimes getting ranking one week you check and then you're not ranking the next week there are some things that you can do to get that ranking back so clearly they're changing what's sort of underneath the hood and they're tweaking it and i think as the sge answers themselves change you need to adjust the content on your website but i found that over the last however many months it's been um, testing SGE, maybe, I don't know, six or so, um, we're moving more and more towards the websites that are ranking in the regular organic results are ranking in SGE, or at least have the opportunity to rank in SGE. So that relationship is much closer. When they first released it, there was very little correlation and, and you know you'd see sites that were just nowhere ranking nowhere in the regular organic results and they'd be ranking really prominently in sg i think that's happening less and less so certainly that's my observation so the basics of good technical seo like the stuff that we've spoken about um absolutely stand and will be as important in an sge world as i think they are in regular organic results and then ranking in SGE means you need a sort of another layer of uh, of, of optimization, I guess, to specifically target SGE. Um, I'm going to kind of come back and ask you a question in just a minute, uh, Tim, but I just want to extend on what uh, Tim has described of what SGE is, this search generative experience. So if, if you ever search the web uh, for something and you see that, that bit at the top that kind of gives you a paragraph of text, explains what it is, well, this is SGE is essentially that, but on steroids. So it's going to be, you know, take up the entire screen, it's going to push all of those links that used to come up, the ten, classic 10 blue links is, you know, I think of the past, it's, you know, gone the way of the dodo. All of that top area is going to be just dominated by, well, for most search terms, I would say, this SGE experience. So, you know, 
then starts off with a feature snippet, but then gives you a prompt to ask more questions and develop it. And it's going to be really important to feature in there or at least feature in that kind of journey. So whilst we come back to the, what we were saying at the very beginning of doing your keyword research and mapping out against your buyer funnel, your website might not necessarily come up as the was one of the results you might want to click through. However, your brand might get mentioned. So that comes back to making sure that you're making that you're making sure you're that you're sure you're making sure that you're getting featured on other websites and getting people talking about you. Because at the very earliest stages, we saw some of the in the Google Labs, which everyone can access and test SGE outside of the UK, annoyingly. But go to labs.google.com and you can sign up for like SGE and test it out. Well, the first kind of things we saw was this shopping experience of, I want to buy an electric bike and I don't know which one to get, which one shall I get because I'm doing a short commute of 45 minutes per day or whatever. It mentions brands that it's built up an understanding of in the knowledge graph and the shopping graph, pulling all these reviews and product reviews and customer reviews and write-ups and stuff and deciding these are the brands that we should feature because these are the ones that people are positive about. Getting your website, your brand, your products, your services mentioned on other sites is going to pull you into that bit. But it's not just that. And that brings me back to uh, my question for Tim, which is you were around and doing SEO before I was, and you you clearly remember the period of the Panda update, the Penguin update, incredibly disruptive, destroyed businesses in some cases, just wiped out Google rankings and traffic. To me, this feels as seismic as that, but we have the kind of benefit of being able to prepare for it so rather than kind of doing a, a penalty fix and stuff that we used to do in the past what would you recommend to businesses to do what's the kind of actionable stuff that they can they can prepare their websites for sg yeah that's uh, so a really good question and i think it's very it's great that we've had a chance to play with this for six months before i think google started testing it with some us searches like live for people not in um in labs uh, we don't know when it's going to be rolled out fully. Um, I think it's great that we've got it to test in, we've got it to play and, and to try and hack uh, before it rolls out fully. Our, our recommendation is um, firstly to, to play with SG, to sign up for labs, to have a go with it, see what type of searches in your space are bringing up SG results. Have a look at what the answers that it's giving are. Do you agree with these? What sort of websites are showing? Is it your competitors? Is it like third party and sort of magazine uh, authority type publications just get a feel for it because i found that it's really useful when you're analyzing sg to just it, it treat yourself almost like a, an ai model right just throw in loads of training data just play with it endlessly for you know probably got a good 100 hours of, of, of sg uh, playing with and it, and it helps you to get a bit of a feel for it you don't need to spend 100 hours but at least spend a couple right um and then I think the next thing to do would be to what we're doing with clients anyway is is to to test optimizing pages for SGE. Um, so we're we're going to be sharing the entire sort of game plan for for ranking in SGE in, in just a bit. But there are some specific tweaks that you can make to some of your pages. And I know Ron is on the call, um, and we're going to be doing this for his website. Um, there are some specific tweaks that you can make to try and optimize for SGE results. And if you can do that for a few pages, then great. You have a sort of a game plan that you can roll out more widely if Google rolls this out, you know, if Google just presses a button and rolls out SGE. Um, 
you know, okay, great, we know how to do this. So then you can go through all of the pages on your site and optimize them for SG. So that'd be the approach I'd take. I think ignoring it is not a great idea because Google seems to be pretty bullish that this is coming in some format at some point. Uh, but also necessarily sort of rebuilding your entire website and doing everything that you can just to rank in SGE. Probably not a great idea anyway, uh, either, because there are, there are there is a chance that Google's going to change this SGE thing before it rolls out. And you don't want to be optimizing for yesterday. That's basically what killed everyone in Panda and Penguin is they optimized for a world where Google was less sophisticated um, and they were caught uh, with their pants down um, in the wrong place uh, as a result. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to leave that analogy there and hand back to Jess. <laughs> I, I, if you don't mind me jumping in once again, sorry, <laughs> have a habit of this. Um, I think it comes back to what we started off um, talking about at the very beginning, which was mapping out the kind of queries that people use to get to the thing that you sell in in the end. You know, you're figuring yeah. out are, are people searching for an inf informational kind of uh, phrase or they're looking for a commercial phrase and what have you, and then figuring out, well, is the content I have the best answer for that? Because if it's the best answer, Google is going to factor that into their decision making when they choose who goes who's included within that uh, search generative experience result, SGE result. And again, also marries up with the early point of picking your priorities. You cannot do everything. You know, if, you, if you're in a, uh, you know, a, a team of one or a team of three or five or 10, you, you can't do absolutely everything. You can't create every piece of content. You have to be selective when it comes down to mapping out what pages do you have or do you need what can you get rid of if you need to and making sure they are in the best condition possible. Um, I've audited many websites in my time and had like thousands of different things that we could do, but the best move might've been to just work on these five pages, these key pages, which is often what we do with the campaign level for our yeah. clients is just f figure out which are the, the money pages, the money-making pages that if we made any difference to them all, at all, ranking or a conversion rate, anything like that are going to change the, the growth direction of this company if you've mapped out exactly what the search was sorry which phrases you're going to target and you've got all those pages in place you'll like be in a much better position you won't and you can come back to those other 955 <laughs> other pages to optimize weeks months you know quarters later I think that's a great point. How many times have we seen in our in our um, you know our brand reverse engineering videos on YouTube or with clients that there seems to be like an 80-20 thing with SEO, doesn't there? Where twenty percent of a site's pages will generate eighty percent of its organic traffic. And like you say, when we're working on a campaign, sometimes if the if a site is has a page that's ranking like bottom of page one for a pretty commercial keyword we can get that nudged up top half of the page that can make such a big difference much more than like you know let's build out this huge knowledge base or let's you know go and re-engineer the site's architecture to make it more technically okay sometimes all right that page just needs a bit more content or it needs some more links or so you know something like that and it'll be focusing on those 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 pages that drive you know significant results um going back to something else that you were saying uh, the importance of, of kind of brand and knowing where your audience is, how your audience is going through that decision-making process, the questions that they're asking at each stage of the journey. Someone asked on LinkedIn, 
There was a report released today that focused on the increasing use of masking when people are browsing online up to 76%. How do you think this will impact SEO's role in the future to adapt and change tactics based on reporting capabilities? I think by masking, they're talking about like, you know, not having browsing cookies, using in private browsing, that type of thing where we don't necessarily get to see the full user journey. We just get to see, oh, we've had this visitor. We don't know any of their sort of history. We don't know where they originally came into the site from or, or any of that type of thing. And I feel like the visibility that we're getting as marketers, it has been dropping over the last few years. It probably will continue to drop. And whilst all of the platforms have their own AI generated, you know, projected conversions, or they try and guess where, where someone has come from based on AI. I think the danger is that as marketers, we rely on the data too much as opposed to, you know, there was a time where fantastic marketers did brilliant work, not knowing exactly how to attribute that sale of the Rolls Royce to that David Ogilvy written ad, right? All they could do is like, we ran the ad, oh, and sales seem to increase over the next three months or whatever. But because they understood the customer and they knew that this information served at this time motivated that person to do something they could say all right well that gives us the confidence to know and i feel like brand and brand recognition is the cookie that you're lodging in someone's head so if you can appear in front of someone throughout that throughout that journey you know that that's going to have an impact on surge uh, on their purchase decision if you can get their email address fantastic if you can pixel them fantastic but even if you can't the fact that you're getting people onto your website by targeting phrases that you know people are searching for throughout that journey you know that that's going to have an impact and i think even if we lose a bit of visibility that's okay right the same number of purchases are still going to be made on google regardless of whether we can attribute them to you know certain events or not um we just need to remember that our job as marketers is to influence the customer and the first step of that is identifying what they're searching for so that we can get in front of them to have a chance of influencing them. Yeah, I think you, you track what you can track and you can improve what you can improve and you go from there. Uh, yeah. The European Union and Apple and Facebook, they're all changing the way the attribution is done or trackable and stuff like that. Let's just imagine it's going to get harder and harder to track stuff. Okay, Let's, what what would be the best kind of marketing to to do in in that case? You know, it's it's the brand building, but track what you can track and adjust that and A B test it as well, just to kind of keep keep progressing through those 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 phrases and adjusting to make sure that you've got the right kind of page and A B test that page to make sure it converts the best you know best way possible. There's even like SEO A B test A B testing as well, which is very fun where you can even A-B test whether a shorter page is better than a longer page. Uh, there's a, a, a web, um, software called Search Pilot that allow you to do that. It will just run these two different pages or maybe two categories of pages against each other and just see um, if we add a too long didn't read at the very top of the blog post compared to this group of pages that doesn't have it, does the one with the too long didn't read rank higher or lower? What can we change? Can we make product descriptions longer and shorter on the other ones? Can we hide them behind you know, a tab or look at something like that? You can even go as far as that, depending on the size of your team <laughs> or, or you know, or, um, which agency you're uh, using. Like, 
Oh, it's interesting that you mentioned their testing and I'm, I'm listening to, you know, do you add the TLDR at the top of the page? That would rank better for, for SG for sure, because that's what SG wants is the TLDR little summary. And it made me think, okay, this is going to be a really interesting time for SEO because a lot of the a lot of the brands that are ranking well today, they might not have the processes, they might not have their existing body of content optimized for SGE and whatever search things come out next, right? Whether it's perspectives or, you know, whatever's going to shake up the world of SEO in the next couple of years. The rules I think are changing for the first time in a, a very, very long time, really. And yes, Google wants to reward you know, good usability, but there are always like specific little tweaks that you need to make to work for the search engine. And the rules are changing. And I think we're going to see big change in search and we're going to see websites rewarded that are experimenting and tweaking and doing the things that you're saying there. Test a short product description, test a long product description. You know, current logical uh, argument is best practices, long detailed product description, but we are seeing shorter articles ranking as well. So maybe test short ones. And I think that sort of playful testing mindset is going to stand people in really good stead over the next couple of years, because there will be a bit of a land grab in with, with some of these new types of search. Yeah. And I think you can also factor in how some businesses had to very quickly accelerate um, their usage of SEO when the pandemic started and they realized they need to be far more digitally oriented. oriented. Um, it's the same here. If you leave it to the last minute to optimize your website and make sure that, you know, it's best for users, is let's call them, you know, people uh, and clients and customers, make sure that it, it's usable, that people love it, they're going to get the information that they need, they can find you when they want to, you know, get your free consultation, whatever it is. As long as we're making it as good as possible now, we should reap the benefits later. Otherwise, we're going to be in that state of, okay, I'm not being included in the SG result. And it's going to take me, I don't know, three months, six months, nine months, 12 months to reverse that and get back in because everybody else has already started. So again, the time to work on this is today, not, not next yeah. year, right now. For sure. We're a bit short on time, but I don't know if you two have, have a moment to answer this last question that we have, um, which I actually think really is very relevant to SGE um, and the way that people will be searching in the future. So this commenter has said that they were told to never use two or more locations within a keyword, for example, Weymouth, Holiday, Cottage, in Dorset, as it confuses search engines. Is this true? And I want to say before either of you answer, that I think in terms of how people are going to be searching in the future, I think they will be searching for things like holiday, um, where can I, or like, what's the best holiday cottage? I, I don't, I'm trying to, I, this is just me not being well-traveled and trying to figure out how Weymouth and Dorset are connected. I'm assuming Weymouth, Weymouth is, is in, in Dorset. Dorset, Dorset okay. is the county, Weymouth is Okay, cool, I figure. But if people are like, I'm looking for a, um, I'm looking for a holiday cottage in Weymouth, Dorset, that allows for pets, that's 15 minutes away from the beach, things like that. Like, I think people are going to be asking more detailed questions. So I, I predict that now you will want to be targeting more keywords. But I think I can tell Dale seems to have an answer for this for sure. 
Well, it comes back to what Tim said, actually, which is just start Googling it and and see what comes up and see how how Google is currently doing it. Then compare it against SGE, which if you're in the UK, you're going to have to get a VPN and we can recommend several. So just reach out. We can uh, make a recommendation there. Um, but yeah, have a look and see how people are, uh, how Google is returning results. Because yeah, Jess is absolutely right about people starting to, in a similar way, talk to search in the same way that they're starting to talk more with Google Assistant. They're going to be talking more with ChatGPT and more conversational uh, chatbots, stuff like that. Google is kind of moving towards that area, which is what they've always wanted, not this three-word, keyword thing, because you have to try and get convince Google to return the right thing. And I remember it was 2018, I was at a talk and somebody was talking about... Um, they wanted to find a push chair that was suitable for runners that had uh, changeable wheels. Uh, so depending on the season, they could put, you know, like rough uh, off terrain kind of wheels are for the push chair and uh, had to have a certain type of handle. It was so hard for them to get the result that they wanted. They had to do a second search, a third search, adapt the phrase and, and eventually got the result. They're going to be able to like type that in or ask Google on one of the devices, which is just going to get more. You're going to find that a lot more that Google is just going to be everywhere for you to use. But they're going to be able to ask in that exact same way, what's the best uh, product or service for this spe very specific use case? I'm a family of five two teenagers, one toddler, I'm looking for a family trip that's commutable, where we can get there in two an hour, two or three hours of driving, um, has to be under this much money. That's the kind of search people are going to be doing in the next couple of years. And yeah, you're going to have to have that kind of content available <laughs> to, refer to, to answer that question. Um, what that content looks like, that comes back to the testing again. You're going to have to create something, see if it works, adjust it, see if it works, adjust it, see if it works. Totally agree. SG, I mean, there, there's an answer to the Weymouth Dorset thing, which is Google knows that Weymouth is in Dorset, and so you don't need to add Dorset. I think the, the interesting question there will be if you're adding like Weymouth, Southampton, where they're completely different places, that, that may confuse Google. You'd obviously want separate pages targeting that, but Dale's... Exactly right. SG seems to be rewarding like super long tail content, super long tail content, very, very specific answers to very specific questions. It seems to surface those types of things. So I'm hoping that we're not going to move towards a spammy world where, you know, you've got your holiday cottages, Dorset, four bedrooms, holiday cottages, Dorset, four bedrooms, dog, uh, hot tub, balcony, you know, are hoping that we're not going to end up with artificially uh, created millions and millions of pages targeting ludicrous numbers of long tail searches. But that seems to be what SG is rewarding at the moment. So unless something radical changes, we probably are heading for a, a spam oblivion world where you want 10 billion pages targeting very specific phrases. But I, I think that they'll change things before we get to that stage. I know this is supposed to be the end of the podcast, but I have just one last thing, which is um, I've been reading one of Jess's uh, um, blog posts today. It's uh, specifically for law firms. And if you are a law firm, and you're looking for some digital marketing help. It's a great new playbook that Jess wrote called uh, Earn 10x More Client uh, Legal Clients. Um, Jess will share the link just now. But I was reading this blog post um, and it was talking about the zero search volume 
keyword phrases. If you're not familiar with what that is, it's where you type the search phrase that you're expecting your buyer to use into a tool like SEMrush, which you can try for free at thankyouninjas.com. Type it in and it says there are zero people searching for this. Well, that's unlikely that zero people are searching for it if you know that your buyer is doing it. So when you are doing this search, uh, you're going to kind of see with a lot of these longer phrases, these long tail phrases that Tim's referenced, where it's four people endorse it and whatever. It's going to come up and show you that there's nothing, zero searches. Do not worry about that for the, for the moment. Just focus on what is the best kind of content. Have I got it or have I not? And this is the best content it could possibly be. Do not worry about search volume. Focus on what people are actually doing. Yeah, fantastic advice. Thank you so much, both. I think this has been a really, really helpful podcast for everyone. Tim, you look like you were raring to go to say something there. Do you have a no. final thought? No, okay, no, no, cool. I didn't no want to cut you thought. off. If you had a final piece of wisdom, I think Dale also has wisdom. So you two might have to do another podcast about this potentially just to make sure that you've covered everything. Um, but yeah, if this is your first time here, Make sure that you either subscribe to our YouTube if you're watching live or on catch up or follow us on the podcast platform that you're listening to. And if you haven't already, request a free website marketing review at exposureninja.com slash review. Um, and we will see you next week, basically. Enjoy. Catch you later. Bye.